This is Top Floor, episode 106. You can find the show notes at topfloorpodcast.com forward slash episode forward slash 106. Welcome to Top Floor with Susan Berry. This weekly podcast ride up to the top floor features tangible tips and excellent stories from the experts and characters who elevate hospitality. And now your host and elevator operator, Susan Berry. Welcome to the show. After film school, Annie Sloan was a TV producer, writer, and director, then transitioned her creative skills to marketing and advertising for tech companies like Twitter and Facebook. Her side gig as a short-term rental host led her former colleague, Michael Hubbard, to suggest teaming up on a new kind of business. In August 2020, the Host Co. was born to connect short-term rental guests with local experiences and products that enrich their experience and the property owner's bottom line. Today, Annie and I are going to talk about massage on demand and 2 a.m. beer runs. But before we jump in, we need to answer the call button. The emergency call button is our hotline for hospitality professionals and other people off the street who have burning questions. If you would like to submit a question, you can call or text me at 850-404-9630. Today's question was submitted by Reed. Usually our question askers send like a long paragraph to explain themselves. Reed did not do that. Reed was cutting to the chase. Is there a trick to getting the first few reviews for my short-term rental? I feel like it's a catch-22. It's hard to get bookings without reviews and it's impossible to get reviews without bookings. Annie, what do you think? Oh, I would say in all of my rentals, have your friends go stay. And review review. <laughs> that is a real review. I mean, they may have some bias, but they also know you. So they are also reviewing uh, th- your values and your character first, right? They're your friends. Hopefully they're your friends, you know, mm-hmm. and they're not your enemies staying there. But um, that is a fantastic place to start because you can also ask them for more detailed reviews. Uh, you couldn't let them stay for free, right? Get your cousin who is coming to town. Hey, you can totally stay for free, but will you leave me a review? Interesting. I was going to suggest like if you price yourself a little bit below the market, then you may be more likely to get somebody to come and stay with you. And then you can build up your reviews that way too. Yeah, I think that's good as well. I feel like uh, it's so hard to get anyone to leave I mean, in some cases, they have to leave a review, but they're just getting it out of the way. Uh, And particularly for those first couple of reviews, having detailed feedback about what they loved is what is going to really add to the trust factor. Interesting. That's good to know. So besides the emergency call button, we always start off this interview with questions about the guest's career. And, you know, it's typically designed to establish a through line of how they got to where they are today. But in this case, I'm just plain nosy because (laughs) you worked on some of my absolute most favorite shows on HGTV like Curb Appeal and Design to Sell. So I just want you to tell me anything, everything. Tell me whatever you feel like telling me about being on those shows. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, 
because I don't work on HGTV shows anymore, I will tell you that most of it, as you can assume with most reality TV, is not totally real. Do tell. Um, <laughs> uh, the designers are real. The homeowners are real. The cost and the labor are the two things that usually are not real. Um, you know, at the end of a show, they might say, this costs $3,000. Well, it costs $3,000 in Home Depot receipts, but the labor was free and the garage door was donated and the designer's time was donated. So, um, you know, not being so hard on yourself if you can't accomplish an entire kitchen makeover for $1,800. <laughs> That's okay. what I have to say about that. So it's crazy to me that someone would donate product to a for-profit entity like a design show. How how does that work? Is it just for like brand recognition or what would be the point of that? Yeah, it's great advertising. Fantastic um, in situ, as you would call it, in situation advertising. Uh, sometimes you'll see interviews with the people that have provided those as well. Um, as if they're there to just install it. I'm sorry to be, you know, crashing, <laughs> crashing no, it's good. Down for everybody, but, um, you know, a lot of those products, they want to be on those shows. It's so much better than general advertising. You see how it's installed. If it's, you know, Trex decking or a beautiful garage door or flooring, um, the more the better because people also trust that, you know, they're looking to those shows for inspiration. That makes sense. Yeah. So you disillusioned you moved <laughs> out of pro production and into creative director jobs around mm. i think 2013 something like that yeah was there anything that precipitated the change were you really disillusioned or was there something else at work that you decided to kick hgtv to the curb, I'm just to the curb. <laughs> um you know, I'm in the Bay Area and I'm not in Los Angeles. And I did work on films and in general films and TV prior to HGTV. But just being in the Bay Area, the technology is where the jobs were. So I was doing jobs for Airbnb, for, for um, gosh, Google, um, uh, a lot of tech brands that were already here. And that just led to more and more tech work. Uh, all the way into working at the tech companies, doing kind of similar stuff. Believe it or not, that I was doing creatively outside of that, I was making short films for them. I was doing lots of interviews. And that over the years just translated more into even just creative product and um, translating for humans how a product works. It's how I like to say that. And it's funny, you look at it abstractly, it doesn't look like a linear path, but then it, it's, it became a very linear path. Interesting. Yeah. How then did you first get into the short-term rental business? Oh my gosh. Well, being in the Bay Area, uh, I was uh, an OG <laughs> rental arbitrager. Is the <laughs> Before I knew about uh, Airbnb, I would list my apartment on Craigslist. Where would you go? Oh, and also, how sketchy is that? I'd be like, you know, show me a copy of your license and stay for a month. You know, no insurance or anything. Okay. But yeah. Um, I spent a lot of time traveling. And even after HGTV, I was uh, in India for almost a year, India and Africa. And then uh, do things like, oh, I'm going to visit my sister who's living in Guatemala. Well, I want to go to Europe for a couple of weeks. So I would always, um, I would always, always rent. You could say arbitrage, but I would rent out my place. And then when Airbnb came along, of course, I thought, 
oh, this is fantastic. You know, they should have been doing this a while ago. Uh, this, you know, it has more controls over it, but I've been renting out my own places in the Bay Area for years and years. And then I got into actual purchasing of short-term rentals and that became a, a bigger portfolio for me. Gotcha. Yeah. You teamed up with the co-founder of The Host Co. right in the middle of the pandemic. So were you always entrepreneurial? It sounds like it if you had a little rental arbitrage business going (laughs) on the side. Or was it a matter of timing? Was it both? Uh, I'd say it's both. I mean, my co-founder and I have both been builders uh, in our careers. I want to build something. I want to make something. You get an idea and then you don't just keep it an idea. You build on it. Uh, and he built, he left HGTV with a designer from HGTV and they built, they founded and built a property management and real estate company, um, where they have this great model. They would, um, find houses generally in distress. Uh, they would, uh, flip them very quickly, like three months. That's my, that's my secret skill. Actually. I can flip a house in the, like the blink of an eye. Cause I've done so, so, so many houses, right? Can you just come down to my house, please? I need yeah. help. <laughs> I don't want to flip it. I just want to flip it and stay in it. You know yeah. what I mean? Yes, I do know what you mean. And that too, we can uh, we can do some um, design, find your style. We'll just mash them all together. Um, <laughs> so he left, he and a designer left. They would buy houses. They would flip them quickly, furnish them, very nicely furnish them. And then they would sell them as a ready to go rental. So, hey, um, if you want to buy this house, Tomorrow, you can you can rent it out because the listing is up, the property management company is attached, the Wi-Fi is on, the trash is ready. So they could sell houses at this total premium, beautifully designed. Because again, for most of us who have had short-term rentals, even when you buy it, you have to do renovations, you have to set everything up, you have to interview a property manager, you have to make sure all of the utilities are on. This was premium done-for-you experience. Uh, so he, Michael built this company up and had all of these short-term rentals. And I own one of the rentals in his portfolio. And, uh, besides being entrepreneurial, we also just, we're very close friends and we've traveled together. I said to him, you know, the guests are asking the same questions every day, right? You can pretty much predict in hospitality in general, you can often predict what they're going to ask and preemptively get in front of that. Uh, and he said, yeah, there's also, um, you know, our property managers that I'm employing, they're spending all their time uh, answering questions over text, over phone, et cetera. And why can't we automate that and also monetize that in a way that is closer to what hotels do uh, in terms of adding a value add? Like, hey, do you want this extra thing? Can we do something more for you? Instead of, hey, it's midnight, you know, your guests are tipsy uh, and they, they text you, hey, I ran out of firewood, where can I get some? Even though they're 30 miles you know, from the middle of nowhere, how do we remedy that situation and make it uh, just a win-win for both sides? I think you're overestimating hotels' ability <laughs> to upsell, but we're going to just <laughs> go with it. Yeah. So can you maybe take a step back and explain what the host code does? Yeah. Um, so uh, we are software that helps property managers and short-term rental hosts uh, instantly connect to hotel style amenities. So things like uh, massage, chef, um, uh, sometimes on-site shopping, delivery of, um, of things like groceries, delivery of anything else you might need, 
all the way through to very localized amenities. So if you're in Joshua Tree, uh, the offerings will be things like, uh, do you want a Reiki healer? Do you want a sound bath? Do you want a sommelier from the Joshua Tree bottle shop for your girls weekend to come over for two hours? Uh, all the way through on-site sale of goods um, and any additional services. The, the You're going to have your greatest hits, you know, late checkout, early check-in, um, baby equipment rental, rental, you know, rental car drop-off, e-bikes, all of those things. Um, we enable you as a property manager or host to sell uh, without doing any work. And that means you add a web link to your outgoing uh, thank you for booking message. Hey, we're so excited to have you stay. If you need anything while you're here, check out our store. It is a web link. That link, it is looks like your rental. It is branded to your rental. Uh, and your guest gets that and goes, oh, I want a massage. Yes, I want alcohol delivery. Oh, birthday party. You know, we're, we're having a birthday <laughs> party. We'll get a birthday cake dropped off. And uh, automates all those requests out to the vendors. And then you as the host or property manager keep 10% of every sale. So it creates a revenue stream around all these services that your guests are already asking for that you're basically just saying no, but you're saying no every day. So it eliminates Mm -hmm. that problem too. So I'm going to try to avoid getting too far into the weeds, but I have a few technical questions about this that I don't understand. So the first is if you are using an OTA like Airbnb or Verbo, does this work with that? Or do you have to be sort of like your own host? Do you know what I mean? Yes. It works with Airbnb, Verbo, any PMS, any property management software, any OTA, uh, because it is just that little web link that says host coast store one, two, three, four. And then you can say cozy cabin, whatever you want on it. That can go into any outgoing messaging on any OTA and they do not remove any of our links. We have Got it. very good relationships with the OTAs at this point. And the cool thing is you don't really need much more integration than that. Um, if you have property management software, we actually do have additional integrations with most of them, but it really is just a web link uh, to a store that is branded to your location anyway. So uh, you can also text it to people. Oh, yeah. okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. And then my other technical question is... Who finds the things that go in the store? Is that something that the host says, Hey, I want to offer these 10 things. Here's the list. How, like, how does that work? There's two ways. The first way is the host co has thousands of vetted partners. So when you sign up and you make a store, let's say it's in Tahoe, you say, I want to make a store called the Cozy Cow in Tahoe. Here's my zip code. It immediately spins up a store for you with your own link. Uh, and it already pulls in all the local services that we have vetted. So if that is, you know, we'll drop off skis, we will drop off baby equipment, um, you name it, right? So that's one way. The second part is we enable hosts to add their own services and products. So if you are in Tahoe and you're like, man, everyone comes here for their family photos on the Tahoe beach for their holiday photos. Uh, and my sister's a portrait photographer. You can add her in and you can set a price. And it will automate a message out to your sister. You know, um, Annie Sloan is wants portrait photography on this day at this time. Here's her phone number, email, and um, and name. And do you approve of this request? So it automates that out. It charges the guest, and then um, you can pay out that third party vendor. So either way works. We have people who uh, all they sell is an alpaca brunch, which is hey. You want to have brunch? We'll bring our alpacas. 
we have a property manager who is connected, um, who's connected a mobile tattoo artist for the week of Coachella. You know, we would not be able to um, dial down to those really individual vendors that make it a unique place to stay, but we can get you the bedrock of services uh, that are going to get you just selling right away. Gotcha. That's so interesting. So like if I were a host and I had something special to offer, like, I don't know, I'm a mixologist on the side or whatever, could I offer myself or can it only be other vendors? It could totally be yourself. Uh, And also no one needs to know if you don't want them to, that it's you. Uh, you You can essentially create whatever product you want and offer that. Uh, we have people who will drop off king cakes in New Orleans for you. Oh, that's so yeah. cool. So, I mean, and that is uh, the actual person who runs the um, the location. And for me, I'm like, that's a lot of work. I probably wouldn't do that for my own listings. I'd probably rely on outside vendors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have some vendors who just sell items on site. And we have inventory management. We have Wi-Fi lock technology if you want to use it. But we have people, all they do is sell Christmas ornaments in the shape of North Carolina. <laughs> which is blows my mind. Uh, but most people will do those larger ticket items. And then the, this really cool thing happens is that generally people sign up and they'll use a couple bigger ticket items for selling. And they'll sometimes do things like like checkout or like check in on our platform as well. You can do that elsewhere, but a lot of people find it faster. But over time, they start to listen to their guests more or their property manager does to what their guests are asking. And they go, oh, you know what we should be selling? We're like, hey, you know, everyone leaves our beach towels at the beach and forgets them. Why don't we sell more beach towels so we can just oh, recoup our money? Okay. Yeah. And it's easy to just update and change the store all the time. I said I wasn't going to go too far in the weeds, but <laughs> apparently I just want every minute detail right. of how this system works. Yeah. It's so interesting to me. This sounds like a good time to remind you that Cherish Tours is planning a bunch of once-in-a-lifetime trips, including a Nordic getaway that includes three countries, a glamping trip to an out-of-the-way spot in Utah, and a safari in Tanzania. Cherish trips are designed for women of all ages and walks of life, to have transformative adventures without the hassle of planning or traveling alone. One of the coolest parts about traveling with Cherish is that the excursions, the lodging, the meals are all arranged with local women in business. So you get an experience that is far more unique than a generic package tour. What I liked most of all was hanging with the other women on the trip. It was so gratifying to realize that we could have a blast together despite the fact that we came from very different backgrounds and perspectives. So if you want to have an experience like this, it's very easy to get started. The trip deposit is $500 and Cherish Tours offers payment plans to help you save up. Visit Cherish Tours to get all of the details. And just for Top Floor listeners, you can use the promo code TOPFLOOR to get $100 off. That's GoCherishTours.com, promo code TOPFLOOR. Okay, back to the show. 
We like to make sure that our listeners come away from every episode of Top Floor with some really practical, specific tips to try either in their business or in their personal lives, maybe in their travels. So the first thing I want to ask you is what kind of negative feedback have you gotten on the offering? Because so far, it just sounds all positive, right? And then if you've gotten any, how have you overcome it? Uh, The biggest piece of gut reaction feedback is, oh, that's so tacky. Oh, I would never sell anything to my guests. Um, And what we like to say is never sell anything under $20. You know, give what you can give for free. And if you can afford it, do it, right? Still provide that bottle of wine, that welcome basket. If you're, you know, if your nightly rate is in the thousands of dollars, you better be giving, you know, that robe and those chocolates or whatever it is. Um, but things that you can position and should be positioned as a value add is what we're looking at. So uh, I have rentals in Joshua Tree. I cannot afford to be giving out a sun hat and a full size thing of, you know, super goop, nice sunblock to every guest. Uh, but if I offer it for sale, they generally say, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Or, oh my gosh, you <laughs> saved our lives, right? Or, man, if you have a, you know, don't ever sell a bottle of Advil. That's, that is, that should not be in your hospitality system. If you're selling a hangover kit that includes an ice mask and Advil and a, you know, peppermint roll-on or whatever it is, that then starts to actually look like that, that value add. Uh, and uh, what I also like to say about that, that especially with things like uh, alterations, like late checkout or late check-in, um, you should be charging for that. You are doing work no matter what. In our system, it automates it. It can ask your cleaner for you. It can ask a third party. It can ask you. Oh, wow. But, yeah. Um, that's the great thing with request and approve services that nothing, your guests can't just say, I bought that. It'll, it'll uh-huh. ping you or your cleaner and ask you. But um, guests don't look down, generally don't, I mean, if sure, if it's $30 a night and you're saying it's $100 for a late checkout, yes, but uh, they generally expect those things because they're a convenience and they're a last minute change. Uh, and once you in, once you input it, it just becomes like, wait, this ROI is insane. That's amazing. Well, especially if it's easy to execute. Like yeah. if you're sort of taking the friction out of execution, that's amazing that it can just contact the clean. Like that's crazy. Yeah. Besides early and late checkouts, are there any things that have surprised you that are like universally popular or more popular than you would expect? Yeah, I would say things that are alterations that you can do on other platforms. So um, spa heating, guest fee, extra pet fee, those things you can do on any OTA. Uh, I, I think that my background in as a creative director, our product is... So it's so easy. What I what I said is, hey guys, we're making this, guys and girls. Um, assume that whoever it is that's looking at it is extremely tired or extremely drunk. Because, <laughs> because if you're a guest in a short term rental, you're probably tired or drunk or both. Um, I mean, <laughs> uh, but their product, you don't actually have to read any almost any words. It's a plus button. Hey, Apple Pay. You're done. We'll let you know if this is approved. We hold the money. It is an extremely fast, extremely easy, and good-looking system. Uh, so those things surprise me. We did not build it for any of those types of alterations. We built it for the products and services. 
is, huh. yeah, is one part that I'd say. And then people started adding it themselves, being like, oh, this is so much easier to use. Um, that has been a shock. Uh, this other thing is uh, several people will offer romance packages and we have to actually go and look up what they are because we have flag terms, you know, for our stores. It's kind of like Etsy, you know, we need to know what people are selling. Um, and it's, it's a lot of fresh flowers, but it's a lot of romantic weekend flowers and chocolates, or, uh, it's kind of automating the proposal where it's like, okay, we're putting rose petals on the bed or we're leaving out things for you, et cetera. That kind of surprised me as well. We have reached the fortune telling portion of the program. So now's the time to predict the future. And you will only be punished if you get it incorrect. So be careful. What is a prediction that you have about the future of the relationship between hotels and short-term rentals? They are becoming so much more similar. So in the past... I would say particularly the OTAs have treated short-term rental hosts like they are in this to make friends. And I know that's because they also need to look really good. Like, oh, I just want to make friends. That's why I'm renting out three rooms in my house, right? Um, a short-term rental host, even all the way up through a small property manager, you are a business person running a micro-sized hotel. And you have not up until now had anyone helping you. Right. You I mean you have you have you have wonderful podcasts, you have blogs, you're starting to have coaches, but you've not had the transformative software that makes you actually run like a hotel. And a lot of the people that we see on our platform, they're just ho- they're just running a hotel and they're like, I'm a host. And I'm like, you're a hotelier. Let's call you that. <laughs> because now you have eight rooms in your family mansion, or um, they are becoming much more similar. And I think we're gonna see um more of a blur between them. I think that also relates to uh, to the, especially in New York City, to everything that's happening with um, the permitting issues mm-hmm. is these things are really similar and they've been fighting against, I mean, the hotel, especially the Enterprise Hotel Lobby has been absolutely insane. Um, I think there's going to, there's going to be some consolidation around that of um, let's treat these more like they're the same thing, uh, except one is just a very small hotel to a mid-sized hotel. I completely agree with you. If I were to take that a step further, I would highly encourage any hotel management company out there to consider expanding their hospitality skills into short-term rentals and quit pretending like it's a completely different animal. Because I think there's a ton of guest satisfaction to provide in doing that. I think there's a ton of money to be made in doing that. Like these are not the apples and oranges that people like to pretend that they are. Okay. If you could wave a magic wand and make and change one city in America, what city and what would you change? Um. I'm going to have a little bit of a different example than you probably hear normally. So I live in Oakland, California. And I mean, I live in an area with mansions and pools and amazing schools. And more than change the city, I would change the... I I was at a conference in uh, out of state last week and someone said, oh, is Oakland as bad as I hear it is? And, you know, I think that California in general, and I'm not from California, so I can also like (laughs) say this, 
But um, the I think the perspective on what something like Oakland or San Francisco, I lived in San Francisco for many, many years. But Oakland's kind of, you know, it's just right over the bridge from San Francisco, but uh, more than change the town, change the narrative, right? I mean, the news is always, the news is so over the top in general anyway, no matter where you go. But the news here, it's almost eye roll. Some of like, what? Right. Yeah. Like this notion that big cities are on fire 100% of the time is so funny to me. I live in Atlanta and we suffer from the same thing. Like Atlanta's a mess. Atlanta's not a mess. I mean, it's not any more of a mess than it ever is, you know? Yeah. Big cities have big problems. That's how it works. Yes. Well, what is next for you and what's next for the Host Co.? What is next for the Host Co. is we are... Uh, we're growing really fast and we're growing in, you know, what's funny. We're growing in short-term rental. We have users from peer space. We have co-working spaces that use us because essentially when you have one person to do all the work, they can't do answer all the questions or vend all the things. So um, opening it up to more environments, midterm stay where your guests are asking for, instead of their a massage, they don't want to splash out a massage, but where can I find a dog? I'm here for three months for a job. Where can I find a dog walker? Where can I find a personal trainer for every week? Where can I find fresh flowers to be dropped up every every two weeks? Hey, what about uh, same-day laundry service? So uh, having those stores work across the entire rental portfolio and just have those different offerings across is the main next step is growing uh, kind of holistically. And then the second one is there's a huge demand for what we're doing outside of the U.S., so uh, moving into at least the rest of North America um, and getting into more of those vacation destinations where uh, you do have more people wanting to do more and we want to bring more money into that local environment for extra cleaning, extra recycling pickup, you know, walk around the property, um, any of those things that will just continue to bring that money uh, directly to those vendors in that ecosystem. Okay, folks, before we tell Annie goodbye, we are going to head down to the loading dock where all of the best stories get told. Going down. Annie, what is a story you would only tell me on the loading dock? Let's see. So in one of my properties, the Joshua Tree property, um, we kept having what we thought must have been a ghost leaving. So this is a five acre property. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Five acre property and also five acre property in Joshua tree, meaning on two sides, there's nothing else for miles (laughs) and miles. So as, as remote, uh, we kept finding beer bottles near the hot tub and we have a front camera, you know, you can't drive into the property without have a, having your lights on, uh, because it is, you know, dirt roads, uh, and B you see any, anyone driving onto the property. So, and this is such a short-term rental story. Everyone's got some of these crazy stories, but we kept trying to figure out who it was. And uh, we uh, put a camera up when people, you know, were not there, but it's a camera uh, on the hot tub. So, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to bother anyone and certainly privacy issues, but only when we weren't there because we could not, who in the world, it's five acres and miles on either side, there were neighbors who were walking, they must have been walking at least a mile. You're kidding me. Because it's also desert. You can see headlights in any direction from miles away. So we're like, who, what? 
So this neighbor couple were walking. Walking. Use your hot tub. Oh my God. Did you have to like call them out? What did you do? Oh yeah. We had a speaker on the on the camera. We filed a police report. That did not deter them. We, you know, we got a lock. We had everything deep clean. We got a lock on it. And they kept, I'm like, you you want to use this hot tub at like from three to four. That was their time. They would every night every night walk over. I mean, not even walk. It was a long hike. It is like I cannot They're believe that. They're working up a sweat and then getting in a hot tub. That's so weird. It's so weird. And I mean, I had such a great property manager who did all, you know, went and filed the police report and she had, she tracked the footsteps. Nothing's happened, of course, pa- past that, but tracked their footsteps back to where they were. I mean, we had everything like, we're flashing the lights, we're talking on the camera. And did they get up and run away? Like what happened? Yeah, they have not come back since then. And also we have a lock, but we also have to, usually not, but explain why in a really rural, I mean, it's really out there, part of the desert, we have a lock on our hot tub. (laughs) That's so funny. Oh my goodness. Annie Sloan, thank you so much for being here. I know that our listeners probably have 10 more technical questions (laughs) like mine. And I really appreciate you riding up to the top floor. Oh, this is so fun. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. You can find the show notes at topfloorpodcast.com forward slash episode forward slash 106. Jonathan Albano is our editor, producer, and all around genius. He even wrote and performed our theme song with vocals by Cameron Albano. You can subscribe to Top Floor on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. And your rating or review will go a long way in helping us give you more of what you like. Thanks for listening to the Top Floor Podcast at www.topfloorpodcast.com. Have a hospitality marketing question? Reach us at 850-404-9630 to be featured in a future episode. 